Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I am your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my guest, Dr. Joshua Black. And we are gonna be talking today with Joshua about the power of grief dreams. Joshua is a grief researcher, a speaker, a consultant, and the host of the Grief Dreams podcast. He is considered one of the leading academic experts in grief dreams. He teaches online courses on this topic and does one-to-one consultations. His dad died suddenly and his grief dreams helped him to heal. So welcome to the show, Joshua. Well, thank you for having me. So talk to me, I love this topic, grief dreams, because we don't talk enough about this. And I am just wondering, how did you get interested in the power of grief dreams? It wasn't because someone told me, I'll tell you that. It's no one talks about the topic that much. So for me, I had my own loss. It was my father died when I was an undergrad. And so I'm still pursuing, you know, the dream of what I wanted to be when I grew up. And he died. And within that loss, I felt grief, the sadness of grief for really for the first time. And he was the first significant loss I had in my life. And so I became very depressed. The color came out. And then it was only three months later, I had this dream that just transformed me. And I wasn't asking for one, but it happened. And my dad died very suddenly. And so in the dream, I was able to see him and he looked really, looked really light and peaceful. He had a lot of trauma, a lot of emotional issues and even addictions in waking life. So to be able to see that was a beautiful moment in time, but also to say goodbye and to say that I loved him and I was gonna miss him was something I never got a chance to do. And as good males in our society, <laughs> I don't know when the last time me and him said we loved each other. It must be when I was a kid, but as we grew older, it was just kind of implied, but you know, I needed to say that for some reason. And then I woke up, the depression you was You did gone. this in your, your dream. You, you said goodbye, you told him you loved him. You, he seemed very at peace. Yeah. And you kind of had all this unfinished business that you did in your dream with him, it sounds like. That's what exactly what happened. We hugged, I, I woke up from the dream and I remember sitting at the edge of my bed just thinking, what was that? It felt different than other dreams I've had. And mm-hmm. I felt changed inside. It wasn't that I interpreted the dream and that changed me, which you know some people like to do. But for me, the, the dream itself changed me and I was trying to figure out how was that even possible? Because it was three months, I was in this dark state, but then this, this moment happened and it allowed me to feel happiness again and allowed me to feel the sadness and tears again too. So that was when I realized that this was an important topic, but it wasn't until I started working or started volunteering with the bereaved and they had a lot of questions that I never had, like, why am I not having dreams? Why am I having negative dreams? And I really felt for them. And when I looked at the academic research, there wasn't anything there I could give them. So that's when I decided to actually go to school to research a topic for them. Uh, it wasn't really, you know, for me per se, but I felt the pain of, you know, the questions they were having and how that was hindering their grieving process. I love this because my father died October 21st of last year. So it's been just over a year. And it's like you said, it's been really huge because I don't know my, my life. Who am I without my father on the earth? I mean, it's been really big. 
And he died at the end. My sister saw him at the end and he was, you know, struggling for air. He died of a staph infection, but you know, she was very traumatized by the way he died. I wasn't there because of COVID, but she was there, but she had a dream and she told me about it. And she said the same thing, Joshua. She said it was very transformative. Her dream was that she and the family, all the family were carrying very heavy suitcases up a hill. And she looks up and my father is smiling with an empty suitcase, walking down the hill, smiling towards her like the burden of life is no longer with him. He's there light and airy and happy and he's doing, he's doing great. And so that picture and seeing him again in that space removed all the trauma of how he died from her. You know, and she, she woke up and felt very transformed also because she was like, okay, he's so light and happy. And he's saying, okay, I'm in my next stage of my, wherever that is world. I'm not in the trauma of dying anymore. Wow. So it released her from being caught in her own trauma narrative. That dream. Well, that's the power that these dreams can have. And we just really don't know much about them because if we could actually understand how it changes us, we could also help those who maybe don't have those types of dreams through their grieving process while we're awake. Like there's a lot of information and a lot of, I think, wisdom through these dreams that we can learn a lot about how we can work through our grief in waking, in waking life. Because not everyone has these dreams, but I well, find it- Well, that's what I was gonna ask you. So for our viewers out there, who have all had losses and are like, I wanna have these dreams. I wanna have dreams. Cause I never really have dreams of my dad. I'd like to have some dreams. What, is there things that we can do to be more open so that we can have dreams? So that's actually one of the questions I went into my PhD asking is like, why are some people having dreams and other people aren't? And looking at a bunch of different factors from personality to you know, dream recall to gender to even spirituality because some people thought if more people who are spiritual, maybe you're more likely to have one of those types of dreams. And what I found with multiple studies was that it's actually your overall dream recall allows you is basically is um, predicts dreaming of the deceased. So what it's saying is that people who remember more dreams are more likely to remember one of these types of dreams. And so it's really about, you know, looking at your dream recall. And a lot of people, I said, when they don't have a dream, they'll put it on. If they're spiritual, they'll put it on. Maybe they didn't cross over or you know, maybe they're mad at me because I had to sell the house or something. Um, or people just get jealous of other people who have them. They don't understand, you know, why they have it. And they kind of like put themselves down. And that's just the mind itself. When you can't figure something out, you tend to <laughs> put yeah. yourself down. But you know what it is, it's, it's now like when with the research is coming out, it's saying, well, look, how's your dream recall? And then there's a, a big piece of the pie there. And if your recall isn't great, you're probably having these dreams and just not remembering them. And that's its own mystery on when we remember these dreams and when we don't. But you can increase your dream recall. And that's something that research has found just by valuing dreams. And it's one of the things that our culture is really bad at. We don't teach about it in any of the schools. We barely teach about sleep, the importance of sleep. So dreams is on the uh, side burner. And when people do have dreams, they don't understand what, like how to even look at that dream and how it reflects waking life. And so what you can do is you can write down your dreams and that actually has shown to actually increase the number of dreams that you're gonna get. But if you're grieving, the interesting thing is you're probably going to have more negative dreams because what we know about dreams in general is that they reflect our waking life. And when you look at the research, your mood has a huge indication on what kind of content you're going to have. So in general, people on average 
they have wrote one or two dreams a week, and uh, on average, those are going to be negative. People are going to bed stressed all the time. <laughs> That's just how, how it is. Yeah. And after trauma, they have even more consistently negative dreams. And so we would expect, you know, when we're dreaming, when we're grieving, we're going to have a lot of negative dreams too. And so what was interesting, though, is when you look at what dreams people have of the deceased, they tend to be more positive than negative. So it actually goes against typical dream research. There's something special going on here that we just need to know more about. I love this. So if people are having negative dreams of maybe the traumatic way that their loved ones died, is there anything that they can do or over time will that change? So there's yes, yeah, two things. So as you work through your grief, those will change. And okay. it, it seems like it does change to something more positive as we move forward and deal with some of those waking life issues. And so those dreams can actually be a sign of what we're trying to process in our grief. We don't know as much as we think we do in waking life. And so we may think yeah. we're further than we are, but these dreams are saying, no, like we, we haven't dealt with this guilt or, or this kind of trauma yet. And we need to sort of talk about it with someone. And so that's one thing. But the other thing you can do is if you're having nightmares, there's a simple technique called dream rescripting. And so what this is, is you take whatever that dream is and you change it to a dream you want that would be more comforting for you. And just by doing that, what's interesting is we just have shown it decreases the frequency of having those types of dreams, but also the, the distress if you ever had one of those types of dreams again. And, you know, people have even said that by even incubating a dream, so even thinking about a dream you want to have before bed can help also. And I haven't done the research with that, but I would think that it probably has uh, some strength. The dream incubation has been something people have done for, for years, but with the deceased, it hasn't been looked at. The dream rescripting, that is really interesting to me and I know to our viewers because a lot of us have had situations where someone in our lives may have died traumatically and in my case, my brother was 17 and he died in a very traumatic car accident, he and my cousin. The car they were driving in blew up. And so I, for a long time, had very traumatic dreams about how he died. Now, how would I rescript that? I mean, how does that, what does that look like to do that? Because I love the idea of doing that because you get caught in this trauma narrative in your dreams and you want to get out of it. I don't want to have those dreams. How would I do that? Well, there's, there's different ways you can go about it. Sometimes okay. people find it very challenging and just changing the color of the car or the atmosphere itself would be enough to sometimes change the dream from occurring. But it'd be like, sometimes it's just bringing in the support character as you go through that event or you continue on the event and you see your brother healthy and happy, like kind of like the dream that your sister had. And it's still, you're not denying the loss you're just providing support as you go through that dream to make it more comforting and positive. So there's a lot of different techniques. It also works for children too. Um, but, but yeah, that's uh, one of the things other people have said. They just sort of, when they wake up, they think of that dream that they want to have and that helps also. But what's interesting with dreams is that your waking life impacts your dreams, but your dreams also impact your waking life. And so there has been uh, some uh, case studies that show when people who are traumatized and have those repeated kind of dreams, when they do that technique, their trauma changes, which is very fascinating. So it actually propels people forward in waking life to be able to work through things a little differently because it said like the mind seems like it's stuck a little bit. I like this. And I like the idea of setting an intention about what you want to dream about mm -hmm. or about visiting someone in dream time 
and before you go to bed so that maybe that that can happen. Yeah, and it just allows you to, to understand what are you wanting? A lot of people who want a dream of the deceased, when you ask them, they say, I don't know anything, but they haven't really thought about what dream they actually want to have. And I actually have a worksheet on my website, griefdreams.ca, that really helps people make a dream that they'd want to have. And it's a great tool to just process your emotions of what you're longing for. And you can also ask your other loved ones that, that have had loss to see what they want to dream because everyone's symbols are going to be unique and everyone's memories are different. So it's always fascinating when families come together and, and, and ask that question because you'll see it's going to be different from everyone. Yeah, and I love the idea of the dream because, you know, a lot, we walk, we work through a lot unconsciously in dream time, right. you know, and I think we, if, if sometimes when we repress something, it's bothering us and we don't talk about it and we don't give it voice, maybe, I don't know, maybe we're working it through in our dreams. We definitely are working through our grief in our dreams okay. and you see it and that's, but what's interesting is a lot of these dreams really have this support quality beyond just it being negative that you can find some understanding by looking at it there's a lot of these grief support dreams where they're helping us process the pain by almost having us continue a bond mm -hmm. to develop new memories uh, with the loved one and to give us advice because grief is hard and the amount of wisdom i get by just reading other people's dreams about just like life love and everything it's fabulous like i couldn't have done this it was just trauma dreams <laughs> i would have yeah. dropped out a long time ago but these dreams are so beautiful it's 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 remarkable and they the, they the dreams tend to be shorter than normal dreams and they tend to be really quick and and what i love most about these dreams is that it's a human experience so spirituality has isn't a factor in having these very beautiful positive dreams and so people need to understand that so as much as people come into the topic a lot of times thinking it's a visitation people who aren't spiritual are having this experience and they have very similar love and be able to say certain things and a lot of times the deceased is like, or the dreamer's like, how are you even here? And, and the deceased is like, don't worry about it. Just enjoy the moment, right? Like, it's just, it's about that moment. And I kind of like that. And, and just allowing people to be and see the dream as they need to see it. So then they don't have to sort of, I guess, close up. And I think that's the issue with this topic is a lot of people don't know how to talk about it. And when they do talk about it, they kind of um, push people in ways that, you know, they don't want to share. And so by just keeping an open space, people have very beautiful dreams that they're willing to talk about. I like this. And I like that you said for everybody, it doesn't have to be looked at as a visitation no. because if people don't believe in that, that's okay too. just enjoy the journey. Enjoy that. you got this, you know, great dream, this powerful dream, you know, and in that, in, in that comes the healing. Okay. I'm wondering if your if uh, there was anything that your dad said to you that has been impactful or important to you in your life, in your work, and in your life. In in the dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not really. Like it's interesting. The dreams I've had with him, we've more just been together. Wow. And there's the one that he did speak. I was actually finishing my PhD. And I was in my room. So in the dream, I was in my room. And I was working on my laptop and then he came by and he says, is there anything I can do for you? And I said, no, dad, you know, I'm pretty good, but I'll probably need a new computer in a year. And then he smiled and I woke up and I thought that was really funny because, you know, it's just like that father figure wanting to support what you're doing. I yeah. still have that same computer, so it didn't actually materialize, but 
<laughs> but you know, it, but it was nice to hear his voice. And I think you know, when people say I'd give everything to just have one more moment with the deceased, these are the moments we get to have. Like we get to see yeah. them. Like in our minds, it doesn't matter what you think. In that moment, it feels that it's real. And there's something beautiful about that. And there's a loving quality in a lot of these dreams that don't mimic waking reality. So a lot of people who have these dreams say it's a peace and a love they haven't felt before. And I think that's fascinating. I think there's healing power in whatever that space is. The question is, how can we get there in waking life? <laughs> yes. And what's the answer to that? Still trying to figure that out. <laughs> but That'll the, be your uh, next research study, Joshua, your next research right. study. <laughs> that's right. But a couple of dreams have sort of pinpointed some of the stuff and self-love is one of the big things that it really points to is I think in the dream, we can love ourselves more than we do when we're awake. So it's like, how do we love ourselves more when we're awake is I think the question. I like that. That's powerful. So if people want to find you, where do they go? Well, they can go to griefdreams.ca and there's a lot of information on there with common questions answered. We just like touched the tip of what we actually uh, researched and what, we, what we've done. And then you can go to the Grief Dreams podcast. If you really love hearing these dreams and seeing the potential of how they change people's lives, you know, that's the basically reason I started that podcast is because there's a lot of stuff you can get through research and with the numbers and, and the quantitative stuff, but you're missing the journey that people go on with these dreams like your sister, like I did. And so that's what the podcast is really about, is really showcasing that grief dreams is a part of the grief journey for many people. And I, I should say too, before we close, just close up, like it's very common. Like out of a study I did out of spells of loss, 86% of people had at least one dream after pet loss. It was 78% had uh, wow. one dream within the first six months. And then even after miscarriage, 58, 57% of people partners and birth mothers had dreams of the deceased child that they've never actually seen before. That's so it, powerful. I've had two miscarriages, so that's very powerful. It is, and it really showcases these dreams within the grieving process, but it just shows that, that it should be a common conversation in all support groups and in thanatology training, which is not at this point. And so hopefully people can like read the research and realize it is an important topic that we do need to talk about. Absolutely, and I love your website, so give it to us one more time. <laughs> so it's it's griefdreams.ca griefdreams.ca i was on it this morning you have a video on it you have you have a lot of information on it like you said you had a lot of questions that people ask it was great it's a great go-to for anyone out there that wants to learn more about dreams how to have them how to you know because once you have them it helps your healing journey and it helps us to find hope again as you've shown us joshua Thank you so much today for all that you're doing and for building awareness about grief dreams and how they can help us heal and find hope again. Well, thank you for having me and willing to have me on to share and raise awareness. I always appreciate that. Well, thank you. And if you would like to see more shows like this, please go to opentohope.com. And thank you for joining us today. And as we always say, if you've lost hope, please lean on mine and Joshua's until you found your own. Thank you. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.